Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, all right. Welcome to Talking Ball with Pat Leonard. This is our post game episode Giants Jets preseason finale. Welcome. We're going to do this every week after Giants and Jets games. You can get the podcast on Spotify or Apple. If you miss it here live from MetLife Stadium or wherever I am on the road when the Giants are playing, a lot to download on here. First, want to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hunter, you're here. Antonio, you're here. Thanks for being here. So I wanted to start downloading on this game by telling you guys about an interesting interview I just had with Isaiah Simmons, the new Giants linebacker. So Simmons gets off the plane on Friday, arrives in New Jersey, wears number 46 and starts on defense for Wink Martindale and Brian Dable here on Saturday night against the Jets. Now, he only played five snaps, but he rushed Aaron Rodgers four out of those five snaps, got his hands on the quarterback's shoulder pads, didn't get the sack, but he did say to us, you know, I wish I had that sack, but it's okay. We will see them again. It was great. He showed some personality. He said he was looking for a place to watch, uh, wash his clothes uh, tomorrow, Sunday, because the trade had happened so quickly. The Arizona Cardinals had been in Minnesota for a joint practice with the Vikings when he got traded. He said the trade came as a surprise, showed a little bit of edge to him. He said he thinks the Giants got a good deal. We'll see if it was worth a seventh round pick or not. I actually really liked that attitude from Simmons. Um, you know, kind of a calm, quiet confidence. Also, it was hilarious when he was telling us about how Saquon Barkley and he, when they were working out all offseason, he said that um, Saquon talks a lot of shit. That, those were his words. And he said he kept talking trash about week two, week two, week two, because the Arizona Cardinals and the Giants are due to play on week two. But now they're teammates. And so, Isaiah Simmons actually said he got lucky. He said Saquon Barkley got lucky. Um, and so now they're on the same team. So I really like that. He was having some fun with it. And, um, you know, he said he's willing to do whatever. And so Antonio is asking me first question. Yeah, let's get to it because we are doing live Q and A's after every Giants game. Again, if you miss it here, we are going to post it on the podcast on Apple, Spotify, whatever the case may be. So you can hear what stood out to me right after I walk out of the locker room, right after I've watched the game here at MetLife Stadium. So Antonio says, is Simmons starting come week one next to Bobby Okereke? No, I don't expect Isaiah Simmons to start. I think it's most likely you're looking at a player who is going to be used in sub packages, and he is at linebacker right now. That's where they have him. That's where I've told you guys they see him playing. But, you know, more of a hybrid linebacker role, right? Like they had him rushing Aaron Rodgers on four out of five snaps that he played in this game. Of course, he can't learn the whole defense in 24 hours. So you have to limit what you're exposing him to. But 
I think what you can expect is Micah McFadden getting the start next to Bobby Okereke. And then Isaiah Simmons working in, hopefully, and acclimating. And hopefully he earns their trust and gets in more and more. So Giants Chronicles podcast says, are you at MetLife or at home? I'm at MetLife Stadium right now. I literally just walked out of the Giants locker room. I was in the defensive locker room most of the time talking to Isaiah Simmons. Uh, I'm going to put some of that content on Instagram. Had a little bit of the video there. And actually, after we stop downloading here on this podcast and on this live Q&A, I'm going to write up some more on the Daily News website. Um, let's get to more of your questions here. Hunter Keller says, do you think anyone stuck out in a positive way towards making a roster they may not have before tonight? Uh, Hunter, I think that, you know, guys like Bryce Ford Wheaton, who, who sustains a knee injury, Colin Johnson, who had a really good camp, but it's kind of banged up and doesn't play until the second half. These are guys that you saw kind of slip and fall by the wayside. Even a guy like Jadon Mickens, who I felt really deserved a shot as a return specialist on this team, if nothing else, you know, just not no targets really in the offensive game, a kickoff that goes out of the end zone that he can't return. I think you saw some position battles and decisions whittled down maybe by what didn't happen compared to what did, you know, I, um, I think Darnay Holmes is an interesting one. He's a guy who, you know, despite the fact that you saw the writing on the wall for him all camp at corner right now, the giants don't have a lot of options, depth options, guys they can count on behind the starters, Deontay Banks and Dory Jackson, Trey Hawkins. How about Trey Hawkins, by the way, a sixth round pick resting in the preseason finale because he's become that valuable already to them as a starter, really something else, you know, John Michael Schmidt sat, um, you know, Deontay Banks sat. Uh, but I think Darnay Holmes had a good night from the standpoint of Amani Oruwarie, uh, Darren Evans. You know, if these are the guys that he's competing with for a roster spot, who knows if they bring other people in that's, that push him out. But I think this is a good day for Darnay Holmes as a reserve. Um, Antonio says, are the Giants still interested in Anthony Barr, who they had a visit with? I think right now they like how Ma Micah McFadden is playing. And with them acquiring Isaiah Simmons, hopefully in that hybrid role to kind of acclimate more and more, Anthony Barr is certainly a guy that they've had an eye on and I would assume continue to at the moment, depending on how the roster shakes out. But they have other needs, too. And if you're going to spend some money like, the, you know, their edge, edge rusher depth right now, their interior offensive line, which I keep talking about, their secondary, like these are positions right now that frankly are more pressing then that second linebacker spot, I think they're trying to find creative ways to get around having to, you know, spend a ton of money at that position because they already did with Bobby Okereke. And now they've shifted him to the mic. Um, let's see. Mr. Humble says Isaiah Simmons see ha seem happy to be with us. Yes. Uh, he said he is very happy to be here. He knows and has heard a lot of good things about the organization. I think he sounds really happy to be here with guys he knows too, like Saquon. Dexter Lawrence, Isaiah Hodgins, like he already has some good relationships some strong relationships here in the locker room. He was super happy, like super happy to be here. I mean, honestly, I really, um, I, he came across, like I talked to people who said he's a good locker room guy, even though he hasn't performed up to the expectations on the field. And I think he came across as a really good level-headed, confident guy. When we talked to him tonight, I was um, grateful that he gave us all the time that he did as well. Donna Keene says, what is the impact of the injuries on the roster? Yeah, so the impact of the, on the injuries, for example, at receiver, you had guys like Sterling Shepard, Cole Beasley, 
you know, and then you're talking about, okay, can, what's Colin Johnson going to do? Is he going to push somebody out? Is, um, is Bryce Ford Wheaton going to push somebody out? He's somebody who Joe Shane had talked about on special teams injuries to these guys getting banged up. You know, those make decisions for you at some of these key positions. Sterling Shepard fielding a punt in this game, I thought was incredibly important telling us that, look, Sterling Shepard is coming off injury. He looked great as receiver. Hasn't really got a lot of punt return reps in practice. We would be telling you if he was, he hasn't. But then using him there, maybe Brian Dable is showing us something. Maybe Brian Dable is showing us that Sterling Shepard, Cole Beasley, Paris Campbell, you have Wanda Robinson hopefully coming back soon. How are you getting value out of all these guys? Maybe Sterling Shepard is going to handle punt, redu- punt return duties come the regular season. Interesting that he played in the game as well. Giants Chronicles says, thought the game was kind of lame. Giants Chronicles, I would agree with you to a point, but, and I, I should have led with this, but I was fascinated with the fact that Jihad Ward gave Aaron Rodgers that two-hand kind of two-arm shiver there to the chest um, on the Jets' second drive when he completed a pass out to the left to Nicole Hardman. The ball was way gone. I mean, watching here from the stadium, the ball to, that Rodgers threw, the ball was out of his hands at least two seconds, and Ward still gave him a pretty good hit. And Rodgers did not appreciate it. Shoved him back. They're talking. They're jawing. And then, of course, Rodgers, you see him kind of get extra competitive there. And obviously, you know, Ward is one of the only starters, quote unquote, uh, veterans really playing for the Giants, whereas the Jets were playing Rodgers. They're starting offense at Gary Wilson out there, et cetera, getting him those reps, getting him that acclimation and those that feel before he plays a regular season game for the Jets. Um and Rodgers scores a touchdown on the next play. And then essentially like helmet to helmet, he's kind of headbutting Jihad Ward a little bit. Um, you know, I thought that was great action, great drama. And I love to see it, especially because week eight, these teams play. And like Isaiah Simmons, for example, we asked him about not sacking Rodgers on that one pass rush. And he said, oh, you know, I wish I had sacked him, but it's okay. We'll see him again. Right. So disappointingly, Jihad Ward did not want to talk about it right now. Sounded like maybe it's something he'll address in the future. Maybe come week eight, he'll address it. Uh, Maybe he'll wait for HBO to air because actually funny enough, Aaron Rodgers was asked about it. And he said, I kind of bumped into him. Wait for hard knocks. So it sounds like we're building towards some fun audio between Hadi Jihad Ward of the Giants and Aaron Rodgers of the Jets. So stay tuned for that for sure. Um, Antonio Vidal says, Hope the Giants add more depth at edge. Kyle Van Noy, Melvin Ingram are two I would like. Um, yeah, Van Noy, I don't see. I know he's got, you know, the Dable, the Patriots connection. I think that's that's a tough one. I think you just want more explosiveness. Melvin Ingram's a guy who can rush the passer for sure. Um, he's a player that, um, you know, I think everybody in the league has a lot of respect for when he's healthy, but. Uh, could he be? That's interesting. T card says, would it be crazy to give DeVito a shot over Tyrod Taylor? Uh, yes. Yes, it would. Uh, Tyrod, I know, you know, he's been a little loose with the football at times, but I personally, you know, I've talked to him. Like I, I think that in the preseason and in training camp, Tyrod tries to give people opportunities and he tries to put the ball up for receivers to go get it, to make the team, to stand out. Um, you know, I, I, I think Tyrod is a good quarterback and he's a really good guy to have on a team and in a locker room. But DeVito's tough as nails, man. I love the kid. I mean, come on. You know, how do you, how can you not? I mean, he's getting thumped around, taking hits left and right. 
making plays. You know, even if he throws a pick six, right? He's right back at it. He's not get. He's not shaken. Uh, clearly, mentally tough, right? He's been here not that long, but clearly mentally tough. And that touchdown to David Sills, I was glad to see them both score there uh, because they were just both putting in a ton of work all all night, and it was good to see that pay off. Uh, Mr. Humble three twenty two says. Hyatt seems like the real deal, man. He got real separation on a consensus top three corner in the league. He can fly, Humble. I mean, he can fly. I think you have to be a little bit concerned when the real football starts and people are, you know, safeties are coming downhill and laying the wood. I think how Hyatt can hold up physically, you know, he just is wiry, right? He needs to put on some meat, some muscle. Um, You know, year two for him is going to be even more interesting to me, seeing him in the weight room for a full year in the NFL. Uh, But no doubt, like what you saw there, this is what's going to happen with the Giants with Jalen Hyatt is whether he plays 20 snaps in a game or five, they're going to try and utilize his speed. And he has it, believe me, like it translates. And that's what you saw. His speed, his speed does translate. It's just a question of using him in selective and smart ways and making sure you're not getting him, you know, blasted over the middle. Even some of these jet sweeps, if you can fool the defense and get the ball to him in space, it's great. But if you get the ball to Jalen Hyatt on a play like that and a linebacker's waiting on the other side, you don't want that, right? So uh, Warren C. says, do you think Shane Lemieux and McKeithen both make the 53-man roster? Warren, I don't have either of them on my 53 at the moment. Um, but this is a really challenging thing. So, all right. So when I did this before the game, you have Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredesen, John Michael Schmitz, Mark Lewinsky's five um, or four. Evan Neal is five. Josh Azudu is six. Tyree Phillips is seven. And then if they keep eight, who is it? Like, I guess, you know, I think Lemieux played tough, played hard in this last game. Um, I don't think he can play center for them, though. I think they really tried there. McKeithen, you know, McKeithen just hasn't stuck, hasn't done it. Um, I know he's coming off injury. It's not fair to say, like, he can't. I'm not saying he can't, but he's still young. Um, They need a swing tackle, and you want it to be Matt Parrott. It can't be, you know, just a really rough summer for Matt. Um, You want it to be Julian Davenport. He just got here. Can it be him? I don't know. Like, I personally think that there's multiple linemen, uh, at least one corner, maybe two, among other types of players who are not on this roster, who will be on the team a week from now. You know, waiver claims from other teams, et cetera. Um, So that's something I think to watch for. You know, I don't necessarily think that the linemen who make the team out of the gate on Tuesday – is the final group in any way. Uh, let's see. Rick. So, okay. Antonio says, do you expect Wandale Robinson to come off the pup list by Tuesday? I know he looks good on the field. I think Wandale, it, you know, I think the giants may be in a good enough spot to put him on pup in the early season and then bring him back, you know, in week, what would that be? Week four. Um, I can't, is it, is it three weeks for pup now? Cause I think, you bring him back in week four, week three, whatever it is, and make sure he's fully healthy. I think that makes sense. Um, you know, he still like even though he looked good running routes the other day, uh, he still hasn't put on the pads in practice with the team. 
So it would be a little bit unusual to me, especially given how careful they've been with guys' bodies for them to suddenly just like throw him out on the field um, and onto the practice field like that. But um, that'll be something to watch for sure. That'll be something to watch. T-Card says, have you asked McKinney regarding his tweet about being underappreciated? Wonder if it's about the contract. T-Card, that's pretty uh, astute observation there. I think I'm not the only one wondering what that's about. I think that McKinney, listen, he's confident, has a high opinion of himself. I don't know. I don't know. I have not asked him about it. I don't know if he's responding to people on social media who are trolling him that we don't know about. I don't know if he's responding to my hunch is he's responding to that when all these top player lists come out, you know, top NFL uh, 100 players, top players in the league, top NFL safeties. He's not being named in these lists. That's my hunch because that's like the time of year that we're in right now where like these things get said. They're on the morning shows. Everybody's saying here's the top five safeties, et cetera, et cetera. And I think McKinney feels like he deserves more respect. I think he, I know he intends to show that he deserves more respect. Um, I think he would have to understand given last year's injury, how it happened, the fact that he wasn't on the field that much, especially the second half of the season um, that, you know, there's been hiccups there and he owned his mistake. um, I think, but I think, you know, going into a contract year, there's no question what you're saying is true as well. A player like Xavier McKinney is building a case for himself, even if it's not intentional about the contract right now. He knows and every young player knows that what they do on the field is going to and need to be reflected and they want it reflected in that contract they get. Uh, So this is a big year for Xavier. There's no question about it. I thought it was interesting, actually, that the NFL took his tweet and then did this like huge uh, video montage about McKinney's game and like how he's ready to show out or something and all that almost struck me as a, um, as like a push to help the player market himself. If that makes sense. I don't know. Is an agent involved in something like that? Or are they not? I don't know, but definitely felt like a Xavier McKinney social media push there. Um, I hope he has a great year, you know, but he does need to have a great year to get the type of contract that you're, you're alluding to. That's for sure. Rick says, who has any trade value that is a plausible trade candidate? Off the Giants? um, Off the Giants, a trade candidate. I don't think they're really in that kind of position right now. I think they're more a team that um, would be looking at waiver claims to add. You know, they, they still need depth. They're not in a position to be giving away valuable or talented players in my mind. So that's not what I would focus on. Um, you know, I mean, any kind of depth guy that they would want to trade, um, would be probably, you know, teams would look at it and say, well, instead of giving up a seventh round pick for Gary Brightwell or, you know, Cam Brown or who, you know, whoever it is, like, I'm, these are guys who are injured, but I'm just saying like, if you, you know, name names like that, well, then, then teams look at it and say, well, maybe they'll just cut this player and we can try to get him. you know? So like with Z- Isaiah Simmons, when a team trades a player for a seventh round pick, usually that means they were even considering cutting the player outright. And then the Giants said, well, instead of trying to get him on waivers and miss him, you know, we'll just give up a seventh to make sure we have the player. Right. So uh, that kind of thing can happen. Uh, Yo, Yo Elvis says sauce was holding, but you know, they're blind. <laughs> no, I mean, 
listen, Sauce, a good player. Um, I thought it was a really actually uh, nice play by, I think, Jordan Whitehead on the play you're talking about where Sauce broke up that deep shot to Hyatt. Jordan Whitehead could have laid Jalen Hyatt out. I mean, he could have smoked him, and he held up, pulled up, and didn't deliver the hit. And uh, that's good sportsmanship there because you could have really done some damage. One thing I wanted to note before we get out of here, and please, if you have more questions, dump them in because I do have to run in a little bit. Um, before before I get to that, do want to say thanks for being here. If you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube page, PL on NFL. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the thumbs up right now as we're chatting. We do have a super chat, super stickers feature where you can uh, highlight your comment and your question and get it more publicity, more pub. It gets pushed to the top of the chat. I read it first. Um, anything you dump into the chat goes, oh, thanks for the likes, guys, goes over to, uh, you know, just support supporting this podcast and this YouTube live. Um, so appreciate that. Um, and then, you know, subscribe to the podcast. It's not just this. Obviously, we have special guests every week. We're going to have more to come. I'm really excited about the second season. Believe that of talking ball with Pat Leonard, how time flies. Really excited. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. And this YouTube page is really going to it's it's going to be Giants heavy. So we're going to do podcasts around on stuff around the league, too. But we're going to keep these chats about the Giants. We're going to download on the Giants constantly. I'm hoping to do two live chats a week one during the week and one after the games. And then they will also double as podcasts on your audio feed. If you miss it, if you're not here for any reason, if you're depressed after a loss, if you're partying after a win, whatever the case may be, we will have this content and this information available for you. But one thing I wanted to say about this game was a concerning amount of injuries for the Giants, in my opinion, in this game. And I think, listen, there's a couple of different schools of thought when it comes to training staffs and coaching staffs and how you manage players. And the Giants keep players on careful snap counts. They give guys vet days. They give guys rest days. They give off days. They dial people back. It's all concentrated, you can tell, on getting people, keeping people healthy for week one. My problem is when you get to a game like I look at this game and I see guys on the Giants dropping like flies. Bobby McCain concussion, Chris Myrick hand injury, um, Bryce Ford Wheaton knee, Jamon Green had an injury. What a hamstring, I think. Uh, or no, Javarius Owens was a hamstring. Jamon Green was, um, I'm blanking on that at the moment. Um, you had uh, Wyatt Davis with an ankle. And so, listen, people get hurt in football. But my concern is the Giants are counting on plenty of players this year, Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard, Darren Waller, et cetera, who have injury histories. And is the best way to get them ready for football to keep them off the field or to put them on the field and make them play real football, right? I think that's something we're going to have to watch. Like This game concerns me. You, you change the turf in the stadium, and here we are watching this game, and tons of Giants are dropping like flies. I mean, we'll see what happens come the regular season. But this concerns me because the Giants have had pl shoulder for green. Right. Thanks, Rick. You know, uh, the Giants have not stayed healthy for a long time now as an organization. And I don't think this is the right. I don't think this is the right tactic. I think you can see that. Um, but I think week one, week two, week three, week four, it's going to tell us about these guys, whether they're ready to play the real thing. Uh, Mr. Humble322 says, what's your take opinion on Shane versus Gettleman? Um, 
I mean, come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I mean, that's a good question. I think Joe Shane, listen, what I like about Joe Shane is that uh, he recognized when he got here where this roster was. He was not lying to himself about what the Giants were. He was very realistic about how far they had to go. Now, I do think this year you've seen them put money into guys. A lot of guys are Gettleman players, right? Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, Dexter Lawrence, et cetera. Um, I think, though, that Shane has a good feel for where the roster is weak and where they need to reinforce it. I liked last year the fact that they were just constantly adding players. They're not afraid to bring in a new player at a different position every week, teach them the defense, teach them the offense, and dump them right into the game where they can help, even if it's for only five snaps. Like That's what Isaiah Simmons is. Um, yeah, I will say this, too. I don't know what's going to happen here. Like Mark Lewinsky, you know, of course, based on the Giants roster, you have to think the guy's on the team. But this is an, a guy that Joe Shane paid money to last year in free agency when he didn't have a lot of money. And he wasn't great last year. And now this year, clearly the Giants evaluated him properly. Like instead of saying, Mark's our guy, we signed him, he's our guard. They have been making him compete and earn a spot with Ben Bredesen, Josh Azudu. And there's who knows where this is going to end up with claiming guys off the wire, signing guys. But Mark Lewinsky, $8.3 million cap hit in this game, was out here playing in the third preseason game, like this is a guy who started basically every game outside of the one where the starter sat against the Eagles at the end of the regular season last year at right guard. And he's played some left guard in practice. He's played plenty with the twos. Now here he is playing with the twos in a game while rookie center, John Michael Schmitz gets rested. How about that? But listen, tip of the cap to Joe Shane and Brian Dable for this, because the Giants have had issues in the past. Like, this is our guy. This is our guy. Nope, that's our guy. He's on the team automatically, all that kind of thing. I love how they've handled the Mark Lewinsky situation. You can tell that they have evaluated him properly, and they're making him earn the job. Speaking of injuries, are the injuries to Brightwell, Brown, and the other series, are they being held out out of an abundance of caution? Uh, they were real injuries that, that held them out. Um, and, um, you know, I think Brightwell and Brown, to me, neither of those guys – um, at this moment, end up on this team. I could be wrong about that, but uh, that's my read on this right now. You have Eric Gray, now a draft pick in the fold for kickoffs. Giants probably are going to, you know, down a ton of their kickoffs anyway, right inside the 20, where you just get the ball at the 25. I think that might be something they do. So then Eric Gray just has to catch the ball. Um, and then at punt return, we saw Sterling Shepard. And Brightwell doesn't get a lot of reps at running back as it is. You got Barkley. You got Breda. I thought Jay Sean Corbin had a great preseason. You got Gray. So, you know, um, I'm not sure there's a spot there. And then with, well, you know, Cam Brown's an interesting one because Bryce Ford Wheaton looked like he was stealing a special team spot. Now he's hurt. Um, but, you know, I think Cam Brown just doesn't give them enough on the defensive end. But that'll be an interesting one. But that's my read right now. Yo Elvis has just found your channel. Great stuff. Thank you, Yo Elvis. He also says, I see us getting two or three off the waiver wire at least. Remember, Justin Pugh, I talked about him. Do they reinforce the guard position? Is that something that comes down the pike? You know, he want, he would love to be back as a giant. He's got a market. He had talked to six teams as of, I think, 10 days ago. Keep watching that. Um, and, you know, listen, when we talk about bringing you content, I want to bring 
the Giants information, the type of content that you guys want. And I think that coming out of the locker room, like I just did after talking to Isaiah Simmons, um, after, you know, chatting it up with Jihad Ward, even though he wouldn't tell me anything about the Aaron Rodgers situation. Um, you know, I did uh, chat with Tommy Sweeney briefly um, to update you on that. I think, you know, they are still uh, doing tests. They're still looking into what happened. They're still doing follow-ups. I think Tommy Sweeney, uh, he was here at the game. He was on the sideline. He was in the locker room. So that was all good to see. And um, it's encouraging to see him sticking around and being here as the Giants, as the doctors he's working with, as everybody helps him figure out what happened in that medical event and helps him proceed no matter what the next step is in his life, career, et cetera. It was good to see him. Good. Good to see him smiling. Um, but, you know, this is when so much new information is coming out right away. And you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me all over. But what we do on Talking Ball right now and on the podcast and on Instagram at PL on NFL on YouTube, we're going to build a community here that I think is really going to thrive on live information straight from the source here. I'm bringing you guys something uh, that, you know, frankly, a lot of this is stuff that I am going to write hasn't even appeared in the paper yet, but we're downloading quick before I type it up. Uh, You know, and I think, you know, the daily news is a place where you can get firsthand accounts of what's happening behind the scenes with the Giants at all times. And I think you guys will learn as we do more of this on the podcast and on the live Q&As on YouTube that I'm bringing you what I know, that I'm reporting in earnest and objectively, and that I really do love doing this and interacting with you guys. Uh, Len Kurzan says, is Pew physically ready to play? If he is, why wait? Uh, He's a guy who's going to need to be ramped up. But you get him in the building and you ramp him up. You know, that would be what would happen. Yo Elvis says, uh, Pew said in a recent interview he wasn't, he wants to go to a contender. So hopefully he comes here. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's uh, there's plenty of contenders out there need offensive linemen, right? Uh, the Buffalo Bills, you could say, maybe need one. The Philadelphia Eagles are a team who, even though they have a really good offensive line, do they need some reinforcement at guard? Because remember, a guy like Pew could add depth at first and then maybe challenge for a starting spot. And the Jets or the Giants, I should say, hopefully are a contender and hopefully find themselves in a place where maybe a piece like Pew helps put them over the top. Right. Uh, But this has been great. Thank you so much for coming, guys. I thank you so much for joining. I love doing these. Uh, We're going to continue to do these after every game. I can't wait for September 10th, Saturday or Sunday night football, NBC Cowboys Giants. Stay with me on Twitter at P Leonard NYDN the next few days on Instagram. We'll report player cuts, who made the team, some inside stuff we're hearing, maybe waiver claims, maybe some trades coming, whatever the case may be. Look for uh, an article that I'm going to write on Isaiah Simmons as well after talking to him at length in the locker room. Um, If you missed what Isaiah Simmons said to me and a few others in the locker room, you can wait for this podcast to publish on Apple and Spotify and go listen I addressed it right at the top. Safe to say you're going to love what he had to say about Saquon Barkley, about Aaron Rodgers, um, and about becoming a Giant. Uh, Yo Elvis says, my birthday is September 8th. I need a Giants win. Hopefully you get it. Can't wait to see you guys next time. Remember, podcast next week, live Q&A, middle of the week, and then we're going to build up to that Sunday night football debut. 
Robert Mangual says, I'm a fan just watching for the first time. Robert, thanks so much for joining. You can watch the entire replay of this on YouTube right when we finish this. And you can also go listen to it on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get, you get your audio podcasts. Remember, we are sponsored here by Bet Online and by Estate 98, Essencia Day Cafe. It's instant coffee. You pour it in a cup, a tablespoon, throw some ice in it, stir it. It's coffee on the go. I make it in three seconds whenever I do my podcasts. And, um, you know, it's a great product. I encourage you to check them out. It's Estate 98 Coffee on Instagram. And, um, you know, this has been a lot of fun. Love doing it. Talk to you soon. Hope you enjoyed the game, the preseason, all our coverage during training camp, and can't wait to get it started for the real thing. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.